0: Bible, you need a Bible, if you need a Bible, we'll buy you a Bible. Just let us know and we'll send it to you. So grab a Bible, go with me to Acts chapter 2. We spent a lot of time in Acts chapter 2 and we're bringing this sermon series to a conclusion today called On Mission Together and we're going to dive back into the text we've been spending a lot of time in and we'll get there in just a second. Uh, Before we go there, I do want to uh, say good morning to all those who are joining us online. I know many people watch us online before they ever step into this room, so thanks for for joining us there and hello to all of our normal online viewers. We're thankful for you. And if we can do anything to serve you, please let us know. Two quick things uh, about uh, some things going on right now. Kids ministry and student ministry. And we have uh, just seen an exce- uh, just exceptional growth in our kids ministry over the last year. You know, Bailey Hamilton's been with us and as our kids director for now two months, doing a phenomenal job. Uh, her husband, Joseph, gave her a fist bump in the air back there. I see you, Joseph. Good, good work. Um, and Diana, in there. Just so you guys know, we've seen so much growth. We've doubled in a year. Like we had 265 in kids ministry last week. About 40 of those are, are adult volunteers. Just a ton of kids, and it's incredible. Now, to give you perspective, Diana, uh, who serves uh, as a part-time employee here in our kids ministry, she uh, hadn't been to church in nine months. And today, I was like, "You got to go to church, girl." So her and Bailey were in here first service. They're struggling for volunteers. And, uh, and so we need people willing to step into kids' ministry. And here's what I don't want. I don't want you hearing me say, like, they need people to watch our kids while we worship. It's not what we need. We need people who see our kids' ministry as our ministry and our opportunity to make spiritual deposits in the life of kids. Preschool through uh, adult uh, uh, through fifth graders. We need people, I mean, I think back to my, my time as a kid, and I still remember those volunteers at Galilee Baptist Church who, who, who cared for me, who made spiritual deposits in stories about Jesus and, and good, you know, it's just, we just need people who, who are willing to step into meeting a need. And we're asking over this next month that we'd pick up about 40 new volunteers for kids' ministry. Out of the 40 to 50 that serve on Sunday mornings, about 30 of those all, uh, also serve Wednesday nights for Awana. And so we need a lot of new, new people willing to step in and serve on, uh, in our kids' ministry on Sunday morning. What I want to challenge us to do is to be thinking like this. we want to worship one and serve one. we to worship a service and serve a service. So if that's serve 915 and worship 11, great. And, and so we just need you. If you're at all interested, um, you could text this number. You could text kids to that number right there. You can text your name if you want. You te- whatever you want to text, just text that number and say, I'm in. Um, so there, I will leave it up there for a little bit longer just while I talk about student ministry. But it's a great need. I mean, it's an incredible need. We, I, trust me, I'm thrilled that we're getting to make this many deposits in the life of kids. And we just need some help doing it willingness to do that. Second thing is student ministry uh, is going really well on Wednesday nights. We have our student ministry fall retreats coming up. Some of you heard that in the video announcement earlier. Uh, it's called the weekend. We have a middle school fall retreat, and a high school fall retreat. Today's the last day to sign up for early registration. And so parents, send your teenager to our fall retreat. It's going to be at Camp Cedar Cliff in Asheville. It's going to be great. And uh, so there you go. All right. Diving into our final series a sermon in the series On Mission Together, beginning with Acts chapter 2. We're going to go fast. Now, all you Panther fans need to know the game's in Dallas today. It's against the Cowboys, so you have nothing to worry about. (laughs) I'm just kidding. All the Cowboys, mostly speaking of the stewards here, Matt's like, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 41, Luke writes, Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common." they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your text. We thank you for this beautiful picture of community and fellowship inside of the early church. Lord, it, it had to be challenging to be adding people at that pace. But Lord, this, the outworking of the gospel puts them in a community that's only found unity around this gospel, around this Jesus. Lord, where the Spirit of Christ reigns, there is unity, and there is commonality, and there is generosity, and there is true, genuine fellowship. Father, teach us today the importance that we play in this role Of encouraging one another in the faith. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. I spent a lot of time talking these last five weeks or six weeks now on uh, this particular text. And We set out to do this, we wanted to focus on on the purposes of the church, and we wanted to use this text to give us that foundation. When we talk about our lives, our lives should be rooted and grounded on the authority of God's Word. To have a biblical foundation, a theological foundation about who God is and what God expects of his people and the way of salvation and the way for the world to know there is a way of salvation. So the biblical theological foundation that we stand on is sturdy and strong amidst whatever culture. And then our lives are to be built around these six sort of pillars, if you would say, if you think about a, a temple or an a old church with pillars, if you would imagine six of these pillars across on this foundation, you would have our, our purpose to exalt God in this life, both privately and both publicly as, with the church. You have another pillar that had a role to encounter God both pu- publicly uh, as the church together when we sit under his word, the spirit speaks through his word, or uh, privately when we meet with God every day. Our call to, to edify others, to disciple other people up in the faith. Our call to equip believers, equip those in the church to use their gifts to serve the church in ministry or, or various ways. Last week we talked about our, our call to evangelize this world. That this gospel that saved us is not to be kept with us, but to go and, and share it with others so that others might be saved. And then today we're looking at our, the final purpose, to encourage one another. And when the church has these six priorities on their minds weekly, we're able, if you were to imagine like the, the top of this temple or whatever, this is the, the space where our work is, our personal life is, our neighborhood life, where we're able to live on mission as God's called us to live. But this is our role, we're called to encourage one another. How do we do that? Through Christian fellowship. Christian fellowship. That word encourage means to inspire courage or to inspire hope in others, to spur one another on, to encourage, to lift up, say, you got this, to press on, to give help to or give support to someone else. This is what it means to encourage. And there is not one person here today who does not need encouragement sometimes. You might be like the happiest person around the the glass half full kind of guy or half glass empty kind of guy. Whether you're up or down, you need encouragement. Every one of us needs encouragement. You might be the most stubborn individual like your spouse says you are in the world, but you need a touch of encouragement. We all need to be encouraged. The early church shared encouragement much. They shared a lot of things. They found unity in their identity in Christ, and that identity was the basis for their community. This body was the major source of encouragement for holy living in the hardest of times. What they had together as God's people was able to see others saved, needs met, and the church flourish in the days ahead. Consider with me again, verses 41 through 42, as we look at one specific word, the word fellowship. He says, so those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls and they devoted themselves to the apostle teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. That word fellowship here is the Greek word quantania. Koinonia is this idea of sharing that which one has in anything. It's participation in sort of the same things. A gift jointly contributed, a collection, a contribution. What what is mine is yours. And we just share these things together. And in this Christian fellowship, there is great encouragement. The early church both shared in many things together and they both, they gave away many things. They were encouraged by the work that God did among them and through them. And they also encouraged others in their own actions. They met each other's needs as any had. And they gave sacrificially of their own resources. They opened their lives to others. And they said, what's mine is yours and what what, what yours is mine. And they had this beautiful picture of open-handed welcoming to any that had need. This kind of sharing or, or commonality is only found where the Spirit of Christ reigns. There's nowhere else in the world where this sort of community, this willfully just what's mine is yours and yours is mine, is found but where the Spirit of Christ dwells. And if you're in Christ today, then you're called to this type of fellowship. We're all called within this fellowship to radical generosity, to radical encouragement, to radical welcoming. And within this fellowship, there is to be great, great encouragement. According to Acts 2, 41 through 47, these verses, there is much encouragement. We as God's people both share in together and that which we are called to give away to others. Consider with me today, Six ways we find encouragement in Christian fellowship. Six ways we find encouragement in Christian fellowship. First, we share in the rich fellowship of the gospel. We share in the rich fellowship of the gospel. Consider with me verse 41. It's easy for us to read these verses and skip over them pretty quickly, but he says, So those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Let me show you where there's a miracle. Were added. People were added to God's family. People who did not know holy, righteous God were welcomed into God's family. They were added, and maybe we've forgotten that incredible miracle that we as sinners, as broken people, have been added to God's eternal family. We are now brothers and sisters in Christ, inheritors of Christ's benefits and all that he has. We who were not God's people are now God's people God is now our Father, and we can now be called children of God. And we share in the rich fellowship of our Savior's death on the cross, that He purchased our salvation, and His promised resurrection to come for all those who know Him. They were added to His family. Have you been added to the family of God? At 12 years old, when I gave my life to Christ, I was added. God's family I had a day and a moment where I received the word and I went public with baptism and and I was added to God's family what this well, what an incredible truth that we have here we are united in the gospel by the spirit of God the church's greatest fellowship is first and foremost with Christ the basis of our Christian community is the truth that Christ has saved us out of this world and given us direct access to God. This access has brought us into intimate fellowship with God and our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. It's this wonderful truth that everything we have now has been given to us by God and it is for God. That everything we have is to be used to be stewarded for the forwarding of the advancement of the church the glorifying of God. Think about this. First John one one through four. John writes, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, he speaks of Jesus, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testified to it, and proclaimed to it the to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ and we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete john says we can have fellowship in the gospel together fellowship with god the creator he gives us warning in verses five through seven in the same text this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that god is light and in him there is no darkness at all If we say we have fellowship with him, if you say you know him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The gospel of Jesus Christ puts us in a community of life and light and truth and freedom together to be ourselves to walk into these things with our own struggles and confessing, knowing that our sins have been covered by the blood of Christ, that cleansing flood has covered us, and we can be one in Him together because we share in this beautiful, rich fellowship of the gospel. If it weren't for the gospel, then we'd have only but judgment. But because of Christ, we have everything we could ever want. For a life of godliness, and that is the main point of next week's sermon. As we dive into Second Peter together, number two, we share in the joy of others coming to know Christ. We share in the joy of others coming to know Christ. What a beautiful, encouraging thing we have in this fellowship together when we get to see real life change take place. Notice here that three thousand souls were added that day. Three three thousand souls. Some people speculate that this was men only, and beyond that were women and children coming to faith in Christ. So some say close to 5,000 total people are responding here. And if you could imagine the church is booming, right, just blowing up in this moment, and so like all the theologians who were like, you know, the church had it all together, and they were discipling like crazy. This moment tells you they're trying to figure out what to do on the fly, aren't they? They're trying to like, okay, how are we gonna structure this? We got 3,000 people coming to this thing. I'm sure that invitation was really long, and like lunch was like, man, those, some, some of those Christians were like, hey, we got to get to lunch. How much longer are these people going like to come down here? And they got like the decision counseling team down here. There's like 10 of them and 3,000 people. But then they're just dunking people. You're coming to Jesus. Do you know Jesus? Yes. Yes. Is Jesus your life? Because Peter had just preached the gospel, and he told them all that, that they had killed Jesus. You did this, he says. It was your sin that put him on the tree. It was your sin that, that made him die. It was for you that God sent him. And you did this, and it says they were cut to the heart. My, I did that. I, I was one of those yelling crucify him. I was one of those who, and they respond to the gospel. He said, what, what must we do to be saved? Repent. Believe, receive the word. This idea of receiving the word is to put your faith and trust in who God is and who he says he is. To believe this gospel that Jesus did come to die for our sin. He did, he was buried and he did raise to life. And all those who put their faith in that, who, who receive the word, are then baptized as a public testimony. And there's joy in this. Joy in seeing people step forward in faith to be saved. To be baptized even. Here at Christ Community, we just celebrate life change like crazy. Last week, let me tell you three names. Salome, Steve, and Natalie. Salome came to know Jesus last Sunday morning at this hour in a Spanish-speaking Bible study that we started last Sunday morning. Salome hearing the gospel believed Christ in one of those adult classrooms as she heard the gospel tell you about Steve, Steve attended the men's conference last week sat there and heard the gospel and responded and gave his life to Christ along with a couple others, life changed on a Sunday night at a men's conference because he decided to come and pay $20 to sit there and be preached to and the spirit of God Woke him up, brought him to life, made him alive in Christ. And I can tell you about Natalie. This past week, Josh Howard, our college director, gets a phone call uh, from a woman who doesn't even go to our church. And she's like, hey, my college daughter has a lot of questions, and I'd like to have someone speak to her. He's like, okay, great. And so he scheduled a meeting with her. And on Wednesday, after sharing the gospel, she believed Christ on Wednesday. Three people this week, the Lord is adding to the church those who are being saved. And Lord willing, in the next few weeks, you'll see them baptized here because this is what we're called to and how encouraging it is to share in the joy of others coming to know Christ Jesus. It's this beautiful picture that we get to find encouragement in these wonderful things. Number three, we share in the benefit of knowing God's word. We share in the benefit of knowing God's word. It says, verse 42, they Devoted themselves, devoted themselves. Devotion is huge. This word devoted has to do with worship. They understood their role as devoted followers of Jesus. They were devoted followers of Jesus. Like the Panthers have devoted fans. We're called to be devoted in our worship. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the word of God, to sitting under the word together, to hearing it and to letting their lives be formed and lived out of what the Word says. There was a unity in the gospel, and this gospel unity was flamed by the imparting of God's Word into their lives. The imparting of the Word, when they sat under the Word, it's just a really sweet reminder for us that it does not matter who is on this stage, but what is being opened from this stage, and it needs to always be the Word of God. It's only through the Word of God where truth comes and the spirit moves, we must be devoted to knowing God's word. These early Christians understood where the source of real power was, where the source of real authority was. They understood that their previous religion had taught them that they had to work and obey and strive to obey all the laws of Christ, but not any more, because in the New covenant, Christ was the fulfillment of the law. And it was by grace they were saved through faith, not anything of their own doing, but all of the work of grace. It's a good reminder for us in a world that still teaches behavior modification that we cannot change behavior without Jesus Christ's Spirit filling us and empowering us. And it's through the Spirit of God when we rest on the finished work of Christ, when we sit under His Word, when we feed our souls the Word, is when His Spirit strengthens us and fights for us we're able to go in true power they were devoted to this this word of God radically transformed how they listened and how they lived out the truths of scripture we too share in this rich teaching of the word here we too share on centering our lives on this book on this truth on this gospel and on this Christ, we believe that this body of believers is only able to reach people, only able to grow together, and only able to fulfill our mission, and only able to truly serve our Lord if Christ remains central. If there's ever a time where Christ is not central from the beginning of this service to the beginning of next week's service, then someone should say something to the man mistreating God's Word because we need to be centered around the Word for God's glory, and we should not be drifting. But we find encouragement in the Word. Number four, we share in the spiritual gifts and experiences of each other. We share in in the spiritual gifts and experiences of each other. Verse 42 continues, and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They were gathering together, partaking on meals, celebrating the Lord's Supper. They were praying together. They were sharing in each other's moments. And and they were talking about their struggles and they were meeting each other's needs. The early church shared ultimately in what God was doing in their lives. They were remembering what Christ has done for them. They were looking inward together, looking forward together as they did these things. They enjoyed worshiping and praying and meeting and doing life together when someone was saved and added to their church they immediately became a part of this body and so they were welcomed into that fellowship much like we do when we see someone baptized we're celebrating that shouldn't just be a celebration we we need a a next steps team don't we like okay we celebrate you but you know what i'll commit to meeting with you once a month or once a week and walking with you in your new relationship in Christ we rejoice in spiritual growth and life change and healing and Personal devotion in the Lord's work and in every other way. We use our gifts here to serve the body and gifts to serve others in encouragement. There is great encouragement for any one of us when we simply even walk through those doors and see a smiling face. Or pull into a parking lot and see a guy in a yellow vest waving at us. You know, this morning I pulled in at seven forty AM and as I'm parking, there is Mike Lane, one of our late Layman at the gate, opening the gate with his daughter, Avery, bright and early, getting things ready. There's people here setting up our first-time guests and and setting up chairs, and our worship team meets in here at 8 a.m. to pray, to plan for the day. And it's so encouraging encouraging to see these people using gifts to prepare for these moments where the word is preached and the Spirit comes to speak. We're encouraged by these things be even greeted by a friendly face sometimes can even change someone's life. You know, I've heard stories like that. I was close to the end, but I came here and something was different. After the last service, I had a woman come up to me and say, I haven't been back to church since 2014 since my divorce. And three weeks ago, I moved here and I started coming here and her question was, Do you have to be saved to be baptized? And I said, Let me introduce you to somebody let's talk about this. Little things that encourage people to greater steps. Encouragement matters. Number five, we share in the rich generosity of our faith family. We share in the rich generosity of our faith family. Verses 43 4 through 45 say the following And all who believed were together, there it is again, they were together, unified. And had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. What an incredible picture of just generosity. They were just giving the stuff away. How how could this be? You could could just say this: the New Testament church truly lived out the idea of quantania, like true, genuine fellowship. Like, what's mine is yours, yours is mine. What do you need? Like, what What makes this possible for them to practice radical generosity in all things? Radical generosity with their belongings and their finances, where they were just willing to do whatever it took to meet others' needs. Some have argued that this is some sort of, like, communism. And this is not communism. This is That would be a hard no. None of this is done under some ruthless leader of government. Not everyone gave up everything, but they willfully gave away. Why? It's because I think they understood, they understood where all their stuff came from. They understood that like, you know what? Before Christ, it was all mine. Like it was mine. I was working. I was striving. I was building up because I wanted things on this earth. But now I know Christ and I, I know the father. He's mine. And and he, he's the one that gives me and I'm called to give away. Notice I mean, they're how they're stewarding their resources. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. When, when, when you understand that you are God's child and what you get, your money, your resources and such, are not yours. They belong to God you understand that God's given them to us for the purpose of stewarding them well. You know, we live in one of the wealthiest countries, if not the wealthiest country of all of history. And we have perhaps today more resources than every generation before us has had, and the need to get the gospel to the unreached is so clear. And yet so many of us still... Don't even consider giving back to the Lord. Again, this is not a giving sermon, but this is a challenge to us to be generous people. There's a clear command in Scripture to be generous in our giving, and we are called to steward our resources and monies well for the glory of Christ. If you're someone who just doesn't give to the church, you've always had a hard time for whatever, I would challenge you to consider giving a financial gift to the church. Consider moving to give 10% as the, as the Old Testament floor gives us. Consider testing the Lord in this area. A, a place where we see this lived out here, where you see this sort of community lived out here at Christ Communities in our community groups. My community group meets on Wednesday nights, and I know there's community groups all over the place and we, we had a dinner night this past Wednesday where we went to dinner together and, and we all shared where we were all at. And we all shared how we were going through challenging times with kids or work or whatever. And we were able to go, is there any way we can meet each other's needs? How can we bless you this week? And how can we care for you this week? Because this is how we do things. There are times where, where we offer trucks. Hey, you want to use my truck for this or that? Or you want to, can, I, can I help you with this? This is where we see a lot of these things worked out, this generosity. A good word that defined their version of Christianity would be sacrifice. Sacrifice. They sacrificed what they had for the good of others. So this call to be generous people goes beyond just financial generosity, but life generosity. You may have a car you'd like to give away to someone in need. You may have whatever. If the Lord lays it on your heart obey Him, to be generous people. So we might be encouraging people. Number six, we share in the community of care we have together. We share in the community of care we have together. Verse 46 and 47. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Notice that. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. They understood, again, God is the giver of all things. God's the one that's giving me my job. God's the one that's giving me my resources. God's the one that's, that's paying me right now. God's got me at this certain amount right now for this reason. And we are to receive that with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. They had this community of care within the church. The gatherings we have weekly in this body are of utmost importance. I I would suggest we should all be a part of two weekly gatherings, this corporate gathering of all of us and a community group. I just want to impress upon you to get in a group where, where people can know you and know you and know you and know you. Hebrews 10 encourages us, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how to stir one another one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. This author gives us a big warning, right? Not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing. The regular gathering of the New Testament church was vital, and our regular gathering together is vital for our own Christian flourishing. The author will continue after these verses warning of those who were among them but left them and had not denounced the faith. This is a warning to us to be committed here now I understand like we live in Lake Norman and it's really convenient in the summertime we head to the beach a couple times in the fall we head to the mountains in the springtime we're going to the lake and Early fall, we're still hitting the lake, and some of you in the wintertime are hitting the lake. We, we go places, right? It's convenient. Now we get to watch online, and it's just so easy. You the coffee and the pajamas and the messy hair. We're good to go. It's all so tempting, and it's all so alluring, and Satan wants you to believe that it's all so convenient. But don't neglect the gathering of this body or your community group we must be committed our souls need the church our souls need the weekly gathering of believers this is a natural there's this natural encouragement that comes from meeting with God's people when you walk in when you sit down when you praise when you when you just sit under the word when you leave here it's just what God does this takes intentionality to meet together to stir one another to love and good works You know, the Bible talks a lot about these one another statements. In the New Testament, there's about 57 one another statements. They all sort of boil down to about four. I'm sure there's someone who would argue that there's many more. I'm sure you're probably right. But here's four, all right? Comfort one another, bear one another's burdens, seek one another's good, love one another. This is the kind of community of care We're to have for one another. The question is, do you have anyone in your life who comforts you from this body of believers when you're going through something hard? Do you have anyone that's in you that knows you? Like, they know you because my community group knows me. They comfort you. Do you have anyone that can bear your burdens with you? Or seek your good if you're in the wrong, if you're frustrated and you're depressed, or you're sinful and you're wayward, do you have anyone who could seek your good even if if it means rebuking you? Do you have anyone who loves you to love you no matter what? Here's something that I think would be good for us today. What if we just took a moment and we shared something that's going on in your life? Do you have something encouraging that you think would encourage us all that's happening, something that we can rejoice with you in today? I'm going to invite you to share it in just a second. Is there a struggle going on or a prayer request that you have that you'd be willing to stand and just say, would you mind praying for this? How might we encourage each other together in a corporate body like this? Let's just put it out there. If, if you have anything you would like to just celebrate or share or rejoice in or ask for prayer for, why don't you just stand up? We'll just do it right now together. i got two guys who have microphones. Anyone who would like to share anything? Open mic. Okay. Oh, right here. I know where this is going, I think. Hold
1: it. You know where this is going? Yeah. <sighs> My husband, Sean, hasn't been able to leave the house in probably the last 10 to 12 weeks. And this week, he drove half a mile to get a tire fixed on our car and last Sunday night he was able to attend the men's conference for a couple of hours and two of his most favorite places to go and spend time really poured into him and I just want to thank Mary Oliver who lives who lives here and goes to church with us and works at Chick-fil-a which everybody knows Sean knows that's his favorite place on the planet and she and the manager of Chick-fil-a and um, Amy and Brad O'Connor came over Friday night and brought him Chick-fil-A for dinner. So big things happening.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, Miss Mary, stand up. Miss Mary ca- caught me at Chick-fil-A last week, and she just had a burden for Sean because he always would, 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 would go, and he's not been able to go for various health challenges. And she said, one of our church members, hey, I just would love to take them Chick-fil-A and surprise him. So praise the Lord. You gave me the phone number because I said, the Holy Spirit's just on me and on me. And I said, I've got to do something because he's just going to keep saying, you need to do something. You need to do something. So I'm just saying, follow the Holy Spirit because, yes, we wanted to bless, but I think I got the bigger blessing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm telling you, you just model generosity and it's amazing how it blesses you. (laughs) Who else? Something else. Something encouraging, something we can rejoice with you in. Anybody right here. Right here. Oh, Brooke, we're going to come to you and just go ahead and stand up to you. I I would just like to ask for prayer as a single mom of two teenagers and just to um, rear them up and discipline them in the Lord and to be consistent. I'm not always consistent. So if you could pray for me for consistency and just to love my kids and admonish my kids and It is difficult in the day and age we live in the society that we live in to really adhere to God's word and do it his way. Yeah, no, you're right. Matt, would you mind praying real fast? Father God, we ask now for Rachel that you would fill her with your spirit and that, Lord, you would cause your word to dwell richly in her. And that, Father, you would help her to raise her children in the way they should go, that when they are old, they won't
1: depart from it. We trust that you can do in their hearts what only you can do. And we thank you that you have given our children parents to help raise them. And I pray that as a church family, we would come around her and encourage her and
0: support her in the role that you've called her to. And we thank you for her faith to be willing
1: to share that today. We pray this in Christ's name.
0: Amen. Amen. Brooke? Um, well, I felt for years a lot of conviction about sharing the Word of God. Um, I was like, well, I'm a nice person, um, but God was like, yeah, that's not, not going to share the gospel. You've got to say his name. Um, and I finally took action and invited co-workers to church, um, and last sermon was about, like, evangelizing. And, um, you know, with taking steps of being obedient to that came a whole challenge of being able to relinquish that to the lord and say i've done my part i've invited them to church i'm speaking the name of jesus to them but also it's not my job to save them it's my job to share the word of god and let god do what he's going to do whether i have to tell them one two three four or seven times um, to trust that the lord's going to do what he's going to do praise the lord thank you for sharing that praise the lord anybody else right back here nate I just want to um, just give all the glory to God for his grace for um, just giving me opportunities in school as well as in sports just to pray over others and um, spread God's love to others. Hey, How old are you? 17. And where do you go to school? Go to Huff High School. Pretty easy to, li- to, to, to live for Jesus there, isn't it?
1: <laughs> not. It's not, not the easiest.
0: Hey, listen, I'm, I'm really proud of you, man. It's a bold statement. Proud of all the teenagers in here to live boldly for Jesus in this culture. Really proud of you guys. I mean, who else? I mean, students need encouragement right now. We all need encouragement in this culture. Who else? Anybody else? Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Hey, Dustin. I want to share just say I'm so grateful for just God's faithfulness to bring over 200 men to our men's conference last week. The fact that lives were changed, people got saved. And I also want to just admonish those guys that were there that felt the Lord working in their hearts. Don't leave it there. Get connected. Yeah. Be a part of a community group. Step in because there are brothers that are walking through the same things that you are. So I'm just so grateful that he's doing it. And I just don't want, don't want those guys to leave it there. So yeah, It's awesome. good. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, anyone else? One final? One final. Anybody else? Same else? I know you're thinking about it. Just go ahead and stand up. Oh, here we go. Right here. Better hustle, Matt. About as slow as the Cowboys. (laughs) Oh, man, that's bad. I just want to thank God for this church. Um, I was getting crispy, burning. I was getting so close. And coming here, this guy right here. I love this guy. I mean, I can't tell you how much. Y'all have changed our lives, Mm. our family's lives. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Listen, I wish... I wish we had all afternoon for you to hear the work of God that he's doing among this faith family. And I wish I could hear each and every story in here. And I wish I could meet every need and every burden because I know we all have them. So my challenge for us to step into community where we can genuinely be known and we can encourage one another's more specifically in bearing each other's burdens, meeting needs, and serving one another. If there's any way that we can potentially help meet a need in your, in your family or in your home following this, we just ask that you grab a communication card, fill it out for us, let us know that, or you could email pastor at com, pastor at com, and we'd love to figure out how we might be able to serve you in whatever need you might have. I hope you've been encouraged today. I hope you've been challenged today. But more importantly, for those who are here and don't know Christ, I pray that you would come to know him as his child. That you would surrender your life, that you would receive the word, receive Christ. He stands at the door and knocks on your heart. The question is, will you believe? Will you submit your life to him? Will you come to know him, the power of the gospel, the truth that he died for you and was buried and three days later he rose to life and he has the power to forgive you, to save you, to give you eternal life in his name if you don't know that today, I pray right now you would just give your life to Christ let's bow together right now if that's you would you just surrender your life to him just confess him as Lord Jesus I don't understand it all but I believe today that you died for me and you rose to life and I give you my life today And if that is the confession of your heart, and I pray that after this service, you would come down and grab one of our pastors by the hand as soon as we finish with our last song and you would tell them, "I, I want to know Jesus. If you want to be baptized, that you would come and tell them, I want to be baptized or stop by Next Steps. We want to help you take steps forward in your faith and obedience to what God's doing in your life. Oh Lord, we thank you for this opportunity we have again to bow before you in an invitational moment to say, here we are, Lord, people in this room know what your spirit is telling them to do. I pray that obedience would be our posture, that we wouldn't let Satan steal it away, but we would step in faith and obedience, God. We love you. We thank you as we have the opportunity to sing back to you now and just give you glory and praise. Thank you. Thank you.